is John Pineker with the Mojave Valley Daily News, and this is Valley Voices. Uh, today it's brought to you by Tri-State AC Hero. They'd like to thank their customers for naming them the best heating and air conditioning company in the Mojave Valley Daily News Best Of three years in a row. Very excited today, we are joined by Cole Young. Cole is the new superintendent of the Mojave Valley Elementary School District. Well, welcome. Hey, Thank thanks, John. Appreciate it. So, here's what I got on you. I know. I had a feeling. July 1st was named the new superintendent of the Mojave Valley Elementary School District after leaving the Humboldt Unified School District in Prescott Valley. That is correct. Now, you did say July. July 1st. Because, you know, I got interviewed in February, and the weather is very different in yeah, February. We do and that. July. Is that what happens? Okay. We do that. We, sure. we only bring family or people that we want to um, gotcha. come into the community. We only bring them during the... I, I could see that. Yes. Then they get here July 1st right. and go, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, what's exactly. Oh, so I know I backed up the trailer like, um, wow, 115, 100, wait, 17. Do so I have 119, right. 120? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we, we, it's very calculated way we do okay. things. Um, came in following the retirement of Whitney, Whitney yes. Crow, that's big shoes. Big shoes, show. big shoes. 27 years in education as a teacher, a coach, an elementary school principal, 10 years as an elementary yes. school principal. Athletic Director, Chief Academic Officer, and finally the Assistant Superintendent in Charge of Operations at the Humboldt Unified School District. While a principal in Prescott Valley, he led his school to a National Blue Ribbon, the National Title I School of Distinction, and Spotlight School on the Edutopia series, Schools That Work. Yes. Pretty impressive. You know, it was a fun ride. There's no doubt about it. I was blessed. My entire career was just blessed by great mentors, people around me, and um, yeah, it was it was an amazing ride, no doubt about it. Especially when George Lucas reached out uh, for the for the um, schools at work program. I remember calling my superintendent like, "Am I getting spammed here? <laughs> like, what what does that mean?" Like, Ashley Kutcher in the other room. That's right, exactly. Am I getting ready to get? But no, no, it was uh, so. I it, they they ended up coming out doing a whole expose on the school and talked about our data and parent outreach. Uh, amazing opportunities. The the national blue ribbon being able to go to D.C. and represent wow. um, our small school at uh, on, on a national platform. Amazing. The national blue ribbon. But you know the thing, John, was it wasn't about that's wasn't wasn't what we were looking to do. It just happened to be a byproduct of all the great things that were happening. Good, and I think that's important. An important distinction is when you're when you're trying to go after this award versus trying to do what's right and let the awards come. Absolutely. So that's that's awesome. Congratulations. So let's, uh, before we get into some of the other topics I have here, let's talk a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, family, kids. Absolutely. Married. Wife, uh, three kids, uh, two 15-year-olds and a 20, almost 22-year-old. Uh, again, uh, went through the Humboldt Unified School District system and uh, track stars and basketball players and oh. football players and academic stars and the, the wife is an instructional specialist there within the district so yeah just a, uh, been a it's been a good opportunity are your wife's here she is not at this point okay. but will be next year is uh, with the negotiations for my contract ended mm -hmm. up going long she had to sign a contract so therefore okay. yeah logistically it just didn't work about out the kids Kids are kids are up in Prescott Valley, so but they play Mojave, so oh. that's going to be like I'm going to have to draw some lines as to which where am I supposed to root. I think that you can root for your family. Okay, for, I appreciate uh, the permission to do that's that. Just, that's what I would go with anyway. Um, I've got your philosophy. I don't know. That's pretty hard. I think to to I mean, we had talked before about 
pre-COVID versus post-COVID and, and that. Um, do you have kind of a, a philosophy when it comes to um, the education process at the elementary level? Sure, absolutely. You know, my, my entry plan of coming into the area and the community you know, changed dramatically when I arrive on July 1st and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic is happening and whether we're delaying schools. And so instead of being about curriculum instruction, assessment and intervention in kids, we're talking about uh, PPEs and social distancing and uh, what are the scenarios and how are the protocols going to work and how are we going to feed kids during this time? And so it, so I, it's, I make it in light saying that you know, the, the educational philosophy. Right now, we're just making sure kids are safe, public safety, those things. But truly, all kids can learn, reaching kids where they are, making sure that we grow kids from their strengths on. We don't come from a deficit model of what they can't do. It's what they can do and then building upon that. So right. I am looking, I'm looking so forward to getting back to those conversations rather than um, my weekly call with the health department yeah. and uh, my weekly webinars with uh, the state and the medical professionals around. So it's it's different. It's oh. definitely a different time. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. It's a bad time to be starting that. But how are your, I, I'm assuming that you've had conversation with, with your teachers. Yes. How, how are they handling things right now? You know, we are, I think, I think we're doing well. I, we've been in distance learning for the entire quarter. Uh, we just had a board meeting last night, um, having the opportunity to sit down with all of our staff members prior to uh, just talking with them about our re-entry plans and what that looks like. I, I think teachers are, everyone's feeling a little bit anxious about getting back to school and having kids in class. Not to say they don't want them, they do. We Nothing would be better than to have kids in class, um, but going slow. So we're starting off with the hybrid model, which allows for half of our kids to come back, kind of kick the tires, walk around, take a look at the, take a look at what we've built. So we're operationalizing some of those uh, protocols and the cleaning um, cleaning opportunities as well as social distancing so we get half the kids back but with the numbers continuing to go down I can see us back in person very soon but the natural gear going from first to second into hybrid makes sense yeah. it gives us an opportunity to stretch and get kids back into school and then hopefully we're back into in-person learning sooner than later so you're right now you're scheduled for October 19th you exactly said. And, but you could see somewhere maybe before the end of the year or, or around that time. Absolutely. We're, our goal is to get kids back into school prior to going into winter break, for sure. We're not, we're not, we're, we were very intentional about being out the first quarter so that we could provide consistency and flexibility for our families. Um, going into the second quarter, we're really looking at, we're keeping an eye on the numbers. There's a challenge there because the numbers that we receive are 12 days behind where we currently are. And then we're getting two weeks prior to that. So every week that we get information is really two weeks old. So right. we're watching it, monitoring closely. Are you getting that? Who are you getting the numbers from? I, it's from actually, the there's there's two different places. We, we get it from the Arizona Department of Health as well as Mojave County Health. So we go from that localized region of the entire county to our own Mojave County where they can pull it and tell us what you know Fort Mojave looks like and just breaks it down into the smaller regions. You know that the Board of Supervisors uh, yesterday decided that they were going to change the way that the, the reporting is done so rather than having the date uh, the date of when it was reported to them it will actually be the date of the test 
So hopefully that'll kind of narrow that. That in, would help. Bring that window in a little bit. Because the crystal ball, as I'm looking two weeks back to try to forecast a week next week. So I'm yeah. missing two weeks of data prior to it. But like I said, with the numbers coming down the way they have, and, you know, it, it definitely looks promising. Teachers are looking forward to having kids, and let's, uh, let's get this thing going. All right. Into the fun stuff. Okay. The Mojave Valley Elementary School District bond override. Yes. Uh, or a budget override, I guess it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, this was approved, I think, four years ago. Um, it's an override over the budget to help. At that time, it was sold as, and I believe it's the same still, to help um, attract and retain good teachers. Absolutely. Teachers you have, as well as bringing ones that are coming in. I know that we've had in the past, we've had issues with teachers uh, coming in new, getting trained, doing well, and being lured to even down to Needles or, or over to Laughlin where they got sure. a substantial increase. So what can you tell us about the uh, override? It'll be, on the, it'll be on the ballot November 3rd. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a, there's a bigger conversation. And the, the, the attraction and retention of, of, of great teachers is tough. And it's tough all across Arizona. As I just uh, jumped on the survey in which uh, Arizona School Personnel Administrators uh, um, Association had put out. And, and there's 6,100 teachers going from May into the summer, 6,100 6, positions open. Um, they, we've been able to fill many of those positions across the state, but still 1,700 remain open. So I have to give kudos to our precinct and our area in, in voting for this override because um, Getting teachers in the door and paying them an appropriate wage is so important. And so this override that happened as I was talking to Mr. Crow and teachers around the district prior to the override, um, it was very difficult to get highly qualified teachers who were appropriately credentialed. And now we don't have a single teacher within our district that isn't highly qualified or appropriately credentialed. And I attribute that to the override um, as, as, I'm, as I'm kind of coming into it at, uh, at the 11th hour and working with teachers and, you know, really the impact, the impact on the overrides is 15% override. Uh, it allows for the average house within our district is about 111,000 um, assessed value by the assessor's office. And on that is about $58 worth of tax per year. So, and remember, this this is a continuation. It's right. not a That's new tax. Right, that's what I was going to say. This yeah. isn't, you're already paying that tax. Correct. This is because it, it sunsets. Yes. So, uh, as it's getting ready to sunset, it starts declining like 75%, 50%, something like that. So, before we get to that point, we're going to um, try and get this to continue on so that we can... We can... Absolutely. We continue to attract teachers and retain teachers. Yes, absolutely. Right, and that's... Strictly for the Mojave Valley people. This is not a Bullhead City, Correct. Um, Fort Mojave, anything. So. And it only goes for teachers. It does not, it's not administration, it's not classified, it doesn't go out anywhere. It only goes to teachers and their salary. Right, and there's been some confusion about Prop 208. We'll talk yes, about that in a exactly. second. And that goes along those same things. But we'll talk more about that in a second. But first... Um, our sponsor, Tri-State AC Hero, has recently been named the best heating and air conditioning company by the readers of the Mojave Valley Daily News for the third straight year. With 24-7 emergency service offered, the family-owned business is here to help. Tri-State AC Hero strives to make sure that customers are always given options when it comes to replacing or repairing a unit. They're not looking to make a fast dollar. 
but instead provide trustworthy service and build loyal customer relationships, whether it's a residential, commercial, or refrigeration job. Right now, you can get $500 off a new install. They also have a $78 diagnostic fee, which will be waived if you choose to have the repairs done at the time of service during normal business hours. And remember, they always give a 10% discount to military, first responders, teachers, and senior citizens. So for repairs, new installations, or periodic preventive maintenance, call 928-444-4395 and give Tri-State AC Hero a try. See why they were named the best heating and air conditioning company. All right. I am not going to give you my opinion on 208 <laughs> because I've done that online and it, it turned bloody. So I'm just going to uh, allow you to talk about Proposition 208. This is something that is statewide. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, well, let's just sure. get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little unusual to have 208 and the override right next to each other. And so two very different pieces. Uh, override just Mojave Valley Elementary School District, 208 statewide. So when I when I look at 208, there's a bigger conversation there as well. Uh, you got to remember that school funding mechanisms and coming out of the general fund at the state uh, has been cut back for many, many years in a row. So when I think about building renewal funds at one time where, where districts were allowed to uh, take their capital plans, take care of their own buildings, totally removed and this new thing called the school facilities board comes in where it's competitive and you don't always get to uh, take care of the facility like you want to uh, when we talk about soft capital monies those were eliminated um, and and swept away and then this new thing called district additional assistance came in which was much lower uh, when those years where we had inflation some of those inflation dollars were never paid to schools so it's left schools in this in this capital deficiency as well as being trying to trying to rob from Peter to pay Paul when when making ends meet. Now 208 tries to provide a patchwork for that. So it is a tax to the top 1%. It is a it's an add-on when it comes to to that piece when if you're filing singly 250,000, if you're a family it's it's 500. Um, it it is it's earmarked 50% for teacher salaries and adding social workers and counselors and uh, different facets for kids and making sure that they're taken care of. 25% uh, is added for uh, your support staff. So that could be uh, your para-pros, um, playground aides, things that are gonna help out in the capacity of the school. And then the last 25% has has different differing areas where you you talk about teacher support, retention, growth, professional development. So there are a lot of good pieces to this. I think at the end of the day, it's funding education appropriately. Um, whether you believe in 208 or you don't believe in 208, it puts money into schools which go to kids, which then benefits their futures and the things that they can do. Right. Um, I would encourage everybody to go out and investigate Proposition 208. There's a lot of information that we're getting out there about, you had talked about administrative costs. Mm -hmm. the, admin, the only administrative costs on Proposition 208 are the costs associated with implementing this and, and ensuring that this money is getting to the school districts and that it's being used properly. There's not a, uh, you know, we get a lot of the government bills where this is what it's about. Oh, by the way, uh, we're sending 25 million over to this park. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. These are the only administrative costs, the way I understand it and the way I've read it, 
have to do with implementing the program as well. And, and, and when you're looking up 208, be sure to go back and look at all the years of um, Jan Brewer having to eliminate education funding to, right. to balance the budget. And at that time it was fine, but now it's caught up to us. So um, perhaps if, if that went to happen or Proposition 208 would have gone through a few years ago, Mojave Valley wouldn't need a budget override, everybody here would be, would be taken care of. Uh, well said. I said I wasn't going to give my opinion, but I did anyway. <laughs> I did anyway. All right, so um, I'm going to surprise you with something here that uh, I, I've been working on, and I probably should have talked to you about it, but we're going to get your natural reaction to this. Okay. The um, Transwestern um, Pipeline. I know I was on the Zoom meeting the other day. I know that you were on there as well um, because the pipeline run, runs through the valley and we'll get more information um, out about it and how it's going to affect everybody. As a school district, I was interested to find out that you may be able to go back and, and go to the state to, to recalculate uh, the, the That funds. was the first conversation I had with my business manager as soon as we got off of that webinar. <laughs> Wait a second, how? I have a question for you. <laughs> That's right, yeah. exactly. What does this look like? Yeah, walking into the job, having no idea that uh, the overvalued property was now being contested and the, the decision being that we had to pay back taxes since uh, of over two years, but there'd already been a precedent set the two years prior and then there's two more. Like we need to fix the problem so it doesn't always come back on the districts that are that are being, we had no, no idea. So yeah. there's not a budget line for that. And it's a, it's a substantial amount of money. Um, I think that disproportionately Ryan Esplin, the, the county, had Absolutely. talked about how Mojave County owns this much money, um, and, but they've got a county, the fifth largest in the country, that to, to pull those funds from. That's right. You are a very small school district, um, and your amount of money is pretty significant as Absolutely. well. How, if you're not able to get that recalculated, how do you... I mean, how do you approach that? How well, you, you know, in talking, again, talking with the business manager and just looking at the amount, which is roughly around $350,000. Um, and so as we look, never knowing that it's, it's not like Transwestern cut us a check for three fifty. dollars It was just part of the, uh, sure. you know, so there's, there's no $350,000 just sitting somewhere. So it's looking at working with the, the, the Treasury and talking about how we can amortize this over a number of years and not affect the not affect the classroom and the programs that we have to offer and seeing how how that's going to look and what we can investigate with uh, with the state with the Department of Education and figure out what's the best means of being able to pay this back and so we're not accruing interest and things of that nature but um, definitely definitely a challenge. Um, Again, not part of my entry plan. <laughs> that wasn't on the <laughs> that uh, wasn't job on the job description. Yeah. Was so, by the way, you had three hundred fifty thousand dollars and learn how to pay that back and COVID. And so uh, we're, we're going to take it one step at a time. Um, we're still waiting for information back from Ryan, and uh, we're going to continue down the path. And I'll, I'll let you. Uh, we'll do an update. We'll do that. Would be great. Series. That'll be great. So we've got. I mean. You've got a lot of challenges ahead of you, that's for sure. And dealing with that is just, just another one added to it. So um, I wish you luck. Any future plans that, that you can, anything that you're working on, anything that we haven't seen around in the area for a while that you're 
Gotcha. About implement, are yeah. you just worried about getting your teachers and students in the school? I am. I want to. I want to get them back. But definitely, this is my time. You know, I thought I was going to look. I was going to listen. I was going to learn. But it was. It was right off the bat. Just. Um, you know, July 1, putting out a survey and making sure, taking the temperature, having uh, kind of developing the plans and the roadmap for reentry. And so as I kind of survey the district, I've had the chance to walk through all the schools and we're looking at what our uh, capital needs are, as well as um, taking a look at our organizational structure and, and just having, having some conversations and diving in and, um, and talking. We're starting to talk again about all students and learning and curriculum instruction, assessment, intervention. It's so exciting. That's my wheelhouse. It's not Cole Young, MD. I know that's <laughs> not. So, you know, being put in that public eye of me having to make decisions based upon uh, medical, you know, you know, medical conditions is not my forte. But uh, obviously public health is what we're looking at. We're excited for the 19th to get kids back on that first day and see the brand. It'll be like August 5th, except it's October 19th. First day of school just moved out. Anyway. That's true. And uh, so we're looking forward to the new shoes and the haircuts and the whole thing and having kids back on campus. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, we're still we're, we're still navigating the override. We're still navigating the Trans Western. We're still making sure kids are safe. Uh, we're making sure that uh, we, we find kids where they are. We're, we're taking them for where they are. They've been out of school six months. Yeah. So making sure what their needs are, meeting those needs, moving them forward and growing. Have you, uh, you got that nice big empty school down there. Have you thought of doing anything with that? Have you? Oh, good. See there, see, you just, know. you know all the stuff, don't you? I, John, you've got all of the challenges. around a little bit. So, yeah. So yes, we have Mojave Valley Elementary. Currently, we're partnering with Boys and Girls Club. So the gym's open. We got kids oh. in there, and uh, playground is going. So it's good to have kids back there. Library's up and going a little bit. I don't have future plans because I ha I haven't talked to the board yet. But um, I would love to see I would love to see some programming in that school. It's great a great facility. It's a great. Facility. It reminds yeah. me of uh, it. Just reminds me of that small, safe neighborhood mm -hmm. school. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I think it's awesome, and it's like right next to the fire department. So absolutely, how can you go wrong? You get. That's right. <laughs> well, Mr. Young, I appreciate you John, coming thank in. Thank you. Um, good luck to you. We're we're excited to have you here, and uh, and thank you for uh, for addressing all the things that we absolutely we talked about. Today. Glad to do it. So once again, um, this uh, thank you to our sponsor, Tri-State AC Hero. You can call them today at nine two eight four 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 three nine five. Find out why they were voted Best Heating and Air Conditioning Company by the readers of the Mojave Valley Daily News for the third year in a row. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.